So today I'm going to go ahead and continue in the Sermon on the Mount. So if you want to open your Bibles to Matthew 6, uh, we'll be starting in verse 25. Um, And just a little recap of last week while you guys are opening that up. Um, Riley was teaching us about um, just treasures in heaven and how um, if we store our treasures here on earth, then they will... then thieves can come and steal them or moths can destroy them. And especially this last part, I want to point out um, and in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either, either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the others. You cannot serve both God and money. And this goes into what we're learning about with um, just not worrying and giving it all to God. So if someone can read, I'm going to have two people read it. If I can have somebody read 25 through 30 and one read 31 through 34. I can read one. I can also read one. Perfect. You got 25 through 30, Maddie, 31 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. But that is how God clothes, clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't, so don't worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? The Gentiles really seek all these things, and our Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so when I was reading this, the first thing that stood out to me is the first words in verse 25, where it says, therefore I tell you. He goes from talking about how you can't serve two masters into not worrying. And that just tells me that like, if you serve two masters, whether it's God and money or God and worry, you can't fully focus on what God has for you which is um, to seek his kingdom first and to focus on him and everything that you do. Um, And I wrote down here, Jesus tells us not to worry because if we are wholeheartedly following God and not another master, we have nothing to worry about for the Lord will take care of everything. Um, Why do you guys think that we as humans are so prone to worrying? Like, I don't think anxiety existed in the hearts of Adam and Eve. They had no 
need to worry at all. Yeah. I also go along with what Riley said. Like, we're, like, in the flesh, and, like, we get so, like, blinded by, like, everything around us, and, like, by, like, what other people think, and, like, by, like, what our friends say and people at school say, that we just, like, forget that we're, like, here to serve God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so easy to do, too. So easy to focus on the things of this world and not what Jesus is calling us to. Um, But something I love about this passage and just who Jesus is in general and just his character is that he doesn't tell us to do these things. So he doesn't tell us to worry without giving us a why behind it. Not like he has to give us a why because he definitely has to, doesn't have to. He's the God of the universe. But he cares about us and he knows we are prone to wandering. Um... So when I was studying this passage, the question I kept trying to answer for myself was, why do I worry then? So why not worry? Because it's so, uh, personally, I worry. That's what I'm prone to. So why not worry? And I have a few things that I thought of, if you guys want to write these down. So topic title, I named it, why not worry? Um, Point one is the things in this life are temporary. Um, In the end of verse 25, it says, is life more the is life not more than food and body more than clothes? And sometimes we can feel as if these things on earth are forever because that's all we've ever known. Um, And we try to grasp onto them because they feel safe and comfortable. But in turn, we take our eyes off the one who created these things. Um, They are good things, but if we take our eyes off them, uh, off of Jesus and onto them, that just creates a bunch of problems. Um, So what are some examples of things that can take your eyes off Jesus? Social media. That's a big one. Comparing yourself to your friends. Or not your friends. Other people. All the people. (laughs) Comparing yourself, period. I heard um, it was very convicting. It was, I think it was Francis Chan. He was talking about social media, and he said a rule that they have in their house is that whatever like your screen time on social media is, you need to make sure you're spending that amount of time with the Lord. Because mm-hmm. he's like, what are you allowing to speak into your life? Is it the people of social media that they're not God? Like sometimes people on social media do have good things to say, but like he's like. He'll, like, tell his kids, like, whatever your screen time is on social media, so if you spend, like, 30 minutes on Instagram or an hour on Instagram, it's like, okay, now you need to go pray and be in the Bible for an hour because that's way more important than what you're seeing on social media. And I was like, oof, that's good because sometimes there's days where it's so lopsided for me where I'm, like, 30 minutes of the word, an hour and a half on social media, mm-hmm. and it's just not good. What else, what are some more things that can take our eyes off Jesus? I had a few different things. I said the people of this world, uh, social media, worldly desires, sins, busyness, our own selfishness can take our eyes off Jesus. Um, Or even things like financial struggles or mental, physical, emotional health. uh, Just various hurts we're experiencing, which these are all real things. But, again, if we take our eyes off Jesus, we are more prone to worrying. Because if you have your eyes on him, there's nothing to worry about. Um, So that takes me into point two which is he is sovereign. He is all-knowing and all-powerful. Um, and I'm going to jump around a little bit in, in Matthew 6, so just stick with me here. But I am going to jump to verse 31 and 32. Can someone read those? 
I can do it. Uh, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, yet your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Is that it? Yep, perfect. Yeah, so I don't know about you guys, but this convicted me so much. I was reading this, and um, it says, for the fi- for the pagans run after these things. And I looked up exactly what pagan means. And pagan just means unbeliever. Somebody who's not part of part of the church at that point. Um, in the fact that... So all, all the pagans know is to run to the world to fulfill what they need. But us as believers, and I'll take it me specifically, I know that I need to run to Jesus. Um, and that will take all the worries and all everything off of me. But I am so prone, and we are so prone to running to different things in this world. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't, like, running to Jesus isn't as easy as it sounds. Um, I tend to find myself overthinking, which then in turn leads to worrying um, about the things that Jesus wants to take from us. Um, he, he wants us to lay it at his feet. Um, so what do you guys think worrying leads to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It feels like you have like this weight on you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as life isn't as fun when you're worrying about everything. Mm-hmm. And also lead to just last in. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like when we're really worried about something, at least for me, like when I'm stressed about something, worried about something, I'm way more prone to sin. Or to fall into old habits of sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even sin that's not related to what you're worried about. Yeah. Because your brain is taking so much time and space to worry about whatever it is that the other parts of your brain that stop you from sin are whatever. They're like, we're free now. Like, nobody's watching us. We're good. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a few things I had. I had... Um, it leads to distrust. Discontentment is a big one for me. Um, whenever I find myself worrying just about different things, I find myself wanting to do everything because I'm not content where I'm at. Um, leads to anxiety, leads to fear. Just not good things, like Andrea said. Um, and God called us away from these things when, he, when Jesus died on the cross. So that's very comforting. Um, why do you think that he thought that worrying was an important thing to mention? Like, there's, there's nine whole verses about this. Because he knew, he knew we would worry. Yeah. And he knew it wouldn't just be, like, a little thing. Like, he knew that worrying and anxiety and all the things that get wrapped up into it would be, like, all-consuming <laughs> and be a very, very big part of people's lives. And, I mean, you ask a lot of people, like, what are you struggling with? And top five is probably, I worry a lot, or I have anxiety about this, or I'm, you know, just nervous about, and it's all wrapped up in worrying. So it, not only did he know that we would, but he knew that it would be such a big thing that he has to at least mention it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's really cool, too, because the words, some form of the words of do not fear, do not be afraid, do not worry, are mentioned more than 350 times in the Bible. I was about to say that. Were you? Yeah. And I just, like, if God mentions it once, it's a big deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> if he mentions it 350 times. So he mentions it enough for every single day of the year. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. 365. 
It yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And numbers are like really important in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that statement is said every day for every day of the year is like, oh, he's so good. Yeah. So good. We really shouldn't be afraid, and we really shouldn't be worried. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, and like I was saying, that definitely convicted me because I was like, I, I am, a, I'm a worrier. I tend to worry about little things. Um, but it's cool that these have already been taken care of, and I know it's, it's, it feels weird to grasp, but these things have already been taken care of, and I don't have to be like the world, just running to different things, social media, and comparing myself, because um, the world is unpredictable, and we have a God who is predictable and who loves us. Um, can somebody read Romans eight twenty eight? Yep, 828. Yeah, I love that. I just think it's so comforting to know that we don't have to worry about these things because God has our purpose and our his plan for us is in mind. Um, and so point three is he holds us. Why not worry? Because he holds on to us. Uh, we can take comfort in the fact that once we've accepted Jesus and put our faith in him, we are changed. We are now his children. He knows us. He loves us. That doesn't make things easier. But that makes us have somebody we can go to when things are not easy. Um, we can delight in him because we know we don't have to worry about things in this world. And we can find joy in that. Um, and can I have somebody read Psalm 37, um, 23 through 24? Yes. Um, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds uphold, him with his hand. Yeah, I love that. That is one of, uh, one of my favorite verses. Um, just to know that he, he just holds on to us. And I have, oh, hold on. I don't have it with me. But how can we have confidence um, that God is going to do what he says he will. So like, for example, in this, it says that he, he makes firm the steps. Um, though he will not stumble, he will not fall. The Lord upholds him with his hand. So can you guys think of any examples where he has done what he says he will do when he fills his promises personally or biblically? A million of them. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> his promises are all over the Bible, starting from the promises he makes to Adam and Eve of their punishment to like, what he promises Abraham and Sarah a kid and the the big Israelite promise and all the covenants that come like all the big promises and then the little ones like I will give you food to eat every day in your adulthood it does it's great yeah (laughs) it's good any other examples either personally or biblically of just God doing what he says he would really does follow his end of the deal of like 
if we're calling out to him and we want to feel closer to him, he's not going to just like ignore that. Yeah, that's good. Um, personally, um, I think my example of this is just what God says, um, or trying to find the words for this, but just an example of God's faithfulness in my life. Um, I came from a family who was not Christian and, um, just didn't follow the Bible, went through a lot of like trauma and stuff when I was younger, but God says that he'll always be with us. And just looking back now that I've grown out of it and he's, he's healed me through that, I can see just his hand just holding me the whole way. Mm-hmm. And did I know it in the moment? No. But that gives me confidence that God is going to do what he says he's going to do because I've lived it. So I love that. Um, what happens when we give our worries to God? What happens when we just give it over to him? Because we know he can do it. Anything else? Um, what happens when we give our worries to God? Like, what fruit do we see in our own lives? Just when you were saying that, the word freedom just came to mind. Like, we have freedom when we give um, everything to God. And, like, that person who is so strong and firm in their faith has that freedom because they're not holding on to everything. Because it's so heavy if you hold on to everything. So, yeah. So, 
I know that was a lot of information to throw at you guys at once, but I think for me, my biggest takeaway from just studying this passage um, was how easy it is for me just to get caught up in the minute-to-minute things without looking at God first. Um, Here's a question. What are the what are some things that you look to instead of God? Logistics. That's a good one. I think a lot of times when I'm nervous or worrying about something, I like make a list or make a plan or make a schedule, and then I like live in that list or plan yeah. or schedule. Yeah. It's not a good thing, right? The Lord gives us those resources and tools to help us organize our thoughts, and it's a good thing. Lists are not bad. They're not bad at all. They're wonderful. But if all you're turning to is that list for security and comfort and whatever, then it's a problem. So I find myself like, okay, what was this supposed to be on my list? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, what, what, what's supposed to be next? Sometimes, instead of just trusting that God will guide whatever the process is supposed to be. Yeah. So kind of what Sean said. Yeah, and like going off of what you said, like lists and planning and logistics, those are all things that, that God gave us to use and to, you know, understand. But kind of like I, I think someone said at the beginning, like when you start to like using what God gave you instead of focusing on him, like that's when there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like a like teenager and like in high school and stuff, I've definitely like if you always like look to your friends first, I feel like, mm-hmm. and you always look for like academic validation and like, especially being like a teenage girl who's like 16, obviously like boys, you look for like male yeah. validation and stuff like that. So I feel like you always just go for like the things like I said earlier, like in the flesh. Yeah. Instead. Mm-hmm. I completely forget every time we do this step until someone says, oh, I'm 16, that I'm literally like, 10 years older than them. <laughs> 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 Love it. It's so relatable, though. Yeah. Still, I was like. I say, like, people who yeah. aren't teenagers and aren't in high school, like, a lot of my coworkers, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And they're in their 20s. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It shows that if you don't break the cycle of turning to those things, you'll it be just a, like, yeah, like a 30-year-old and still seeking validation from the things that you were seeking validation from when you were... Yeah. It won't change. Yeah. I think of one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, I think is, it's my favorite verse, how do I not know the, the exact thing? I think it's Jeremiah 3, 17. It's like, my people have chosen to drink from broken cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Mm-hmm. And it's like God speaking to his people, and he's like, why are you drinking from like these broken wells that like are slimy and gross and leak water and they're not satisfying and that's exactly what we do we keep going to things like like validation from guys or validation from our family or validation from making sure that our schedule is perfectly lined up and it's just so empty we drink from it and maybe we're satisfied for a moment and then the well just runs empty again but then we should go to the living water which is jesus who can satisfy the deepest part of us yeah i think it's true is it, did you look it up? 3.17? Oh, I thought I heard you flipping something. Is it I'm sorry. Or maybe it's 2.13. Yeah, I'm 
Good stuff. What else do we turn to? That kind of goes along with my answer to this question. What do we turn to? I turn to busyness, which in turn numbs it for, you know, X amount of minutes. But yeah, it's real stuff. Um, so just kind of, kind of to conclude the whole thing. So why not worry? Because we have those three points. But if you guys are anything like me and apparently like Andrea and Shauna, you guys like practical steps. Three-step plan. Yes. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, there's not an easy just three-step plan to learn how to fully trust in God. Um, sadly, it takes daily, just hourly surrendering to the Lord and what he does. Um, sometimes it takes all that you are and all that you have in that moment. Riley, kind of like what you were saying, just in that numb state, it takes everything you have to turn your eyes back on Jesus. Um but it's all about learning how to trust him. And it's not it's not a point A to point B thing. It is up and down and yeah, it's crazy. It's a learning process. But it's just learning how to trust him through everything and knowing that he works everything out for the good of those who love him. As we read earlier in I think it was the verse in Romans. Um I did write down a few things that helped me learn how to fully trust in him and his words so you can write these down if you want. But can somebody, oh, actually, we already read it. In Psalm 37, it says, delight in the Lord, find joy in him. Um, as soon as we delight in the Lord, let me find this real quick. But it says, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. And that is a promise. It does not say he might firm the steps. It says he makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Um, the second thing is give over your resources your situations, and your worries over to God. Um, They're not a burden to him. I catch myself all the time, like, even, like, with my friends or, like, with God, I'm like, you don't want this. Like, this is me. And he says, I laid down my life for you. And I laid down my life so that you could give me these things so that we can be together, um, which is such a beautiful part of his character. Um they're not a burden to him. He wants to hold us up. He wants to help us with our daily struggles, as little as they might be. Um, and the third one is, know that you are God's child. Um, can somebody open up to Matthew seven eleven? Yes, I'm there. Perfect. <laughs> seven eleven. Yep, read that for me. <laughs> oh, hold on. Uh, yes. Okay. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Yeah, and for me, that one took me a minute to put together. I was like, God's gifts and him taking these from me, like all this from me. But the second that I realized that his gift is taking these things from me, um, yeah, he knows how to good gifts, give good gifts to his children, and he, he called you your chi- his child. So, um, and lastly, know that his promises are true. 
he will fulfill his word. Um, his promises, he promises to sustain us and to hold us up as long as we are tr- fully trusting in him. Um, which again, is just such a beautiful promise. Uh, just such a good thing to remember. But yeah, um, like I said, it's easy to get caught up in the minute to minute things, but at the end of the day, no matter what happens, the choices we make, what happens to us, our end goal is still the same. Just all glory be to Christ our King. And we can only do that if we're fully devoted um, to him and his word. So I know this was a little shorter today, but if we can go ahead and just pray, and I'll pray over you guys. Cool. Well, Jesus, thank you for your love. God, thank you that you are who you say you are. Um, thank you that you gave us just all these resources that we have. And Lord, I just ask that we turn everything over to you, Lord, our worries, our doubts, our fears, um, because you want them and you take them from us. And Jesus, I just pray over these ladies and their weeks, and I just pray that they just continue taking steps to get closer and closer to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.